Number nine. Number nine. The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. So Fox promoted the most recent episode as the 200th episode of 24, even though we covered the 200th episode of 24 two weeks ago. Well, the 200th, 200th hour. Yes, we did formally cover the 200th hour. And, and I think that's was, fair. This was the 200th, it is fair, this was the 200th episode. Television um, episode, that, and, and I'm assuming, of, of course, they're not counting Redemption as an episode. Right, and this was the 201st airing of 24. And uh, I guess it would be the 207th installment if we include the four, five, and six prequels, the six debrief, and Chloe's arrest. Yeah. Oh, the I don't know. That would be the 206th installment of 24. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot of confusing that's... math. But um, one, one thing I can tell you is whether this was the 200th episode, 202nd hour. This was one huge episode, and oh my god, we are both here to discuss it. Uh, Hello, so, David. Hello, Austin. We're Hello. here for Cast Another Day for episode, uh, season nine, episode eight. Wow, that, that eight. Oh, can you believe that we're talking about uh, near the end of the season already at this point? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a swift trip. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, but, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah but this this was some, some episode. I mean, this was this was definitely better than the Quickie Mart episode from season four. Oh, jeez. Uh, this, this was definitely better than the season Rossler. eight, than the Rossler episode or the season eight episode where Jack Bauer visits some young fellows playing basketball. Oh, or geez. this was definitely better than the episode where Terry is felled by amnesia. Oh no. What a, what a shame. Um, and really there were a lot of good little things in this episode, but really the main thing and worth discussing and really the only thing that we, we should be discussing because it was so monumental was the sacrifice and death of president james heller yes yeah um, and just just a quick aside i when was it that uh, al-harazi's tape came out al-harazi's tape i want to say came out in either episode four or five Okay, so three episodes ago. When she did that, and I think we, we discussed this last week, but you know, I had the feeling he was going to do it right or wrong. It was like, all right, this is, how they, this is how they have him exit stage left. Oh, so you even thought this would be how he exited. Uh, I thought last week you had said he was going to turn himself in, which is not the same thing as actually exit the show because right. it could have gone in several directions yeah. after. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought he was... Um, I thought he was sacrificing himself for sure. I just didn't like. I, I, that's not to say that I knew a missile was going to be unleashed upon him, but he was going to give himself up, and she was going to do shit to him, and he would fade away into the night somehow, some way. And but you know that was just a guess, obviously. Um, I, but I just had a feeling, and that's why I brought it up last week. And and you're right. You know, does it make sense from the American policy to not negotiate with terrorists, which was brought up in the episode? Yeah, um, that was a. Uh... That was a crafty end around that Heller's character came up with, as well as that the writers uh, came up with. Right. Just be like, I, I'm I believe resigning. I, read, I believe I read that was Robert Cochran's idea. Mm. Uh, and Robert Cochran, uh, series co-creator, wrote this episode. So if you remember, I sent you a text message uh, in the first commercial break yep. saying, oh, Robert Cochran's pen, pen this script. Let's this is a out. Cochran episode. Yeah, look out look, for big stuff. 
look out for big stuff, but also look out for a lot of heart and warmth. And Cochran did not disappoint because he was able to infuse uh, oh, so good. A, t- a ton of em- emotionality to into this episode. Uh, and that that's really been Cochran's trademark throughout his entire uh, run as a writer. Because Cochran uh, wrote, uh, among other episodes, he wrote the Mason episode. He also wrote the season four and six finales, uh, and uh, qu- quite a few others a- as well. Um, and he's always done such a good job at getting to the human side of any of the characters. Yeah, you know what's funny is that, um, and, and I'm not going into this discussion yet because it's another topic, but just what made it so much more effective for me um, when you look at the the moments that he had with, that Jack had with Heller, um, and that two Heller great, also two shared... Two or three great scenes. Oh, and, and, and that Heller shared with Audrey, that was the, the heartbreaker right there. Yeah, the, um, the stealth goodbye, uh, and whether or not it would end up being a goodbye, uh, right. who, who knew for sure, but... Uh, clearly, that's what Heller was intending. Right. And you uh, take all that, and then you kind of contrast that with, you know, the way that Jack reacts to this when it comes to saving him, you know, when he says about Simone to Kate, something, 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 just wake the bitch up. And and I hate using that word in that context, but that's what he said. Wake the bitch up. And you text me, it's it, it's not so much, and, and I agree with you, it wasn't so much the fact that he said it, um, but the, the harshness with the command once the stakes got that high and once you know you found out okay he he is about to lose uh, a man who he respects and honors and used to used to consider a potential you know father type figure in-law type figure you know because if that whole Audrey thing would have worked out in season four just the 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 contrast between the warmth and the the urgency and coldness with and anger with his demands um and it was really just one demand, I should say. But you know, I, I that kind of contrast was very effective for me personally. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty terrific. Uh, and you know, this season has basically uh, been the the arc of the season. It's come to be as the downfall and then the sacrifice of James Heller. That's been the clearest arc because obviously it's a completed arc, whereas we don't have the completion of Jack's story or Chloe's story or you know. And, you know, Margot Alarazzi's story. But yep. really, I mean, the writers gave us a terrific arc with Heller. It started with a, a diminished Heller in the season premiere, and that carried all the way through. And I like how Heller, who we always saw as this, you know, fierce, hawkish, very composed and lively elderly character, uh, really kind of became an old man. And uh, William Devane's portrayal of an old man, especially in contrast to what we had seen Devane do in seasons four, five, and six, was really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, one of one of the better. I think this was one of the better season arcs for a character and an actor that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, an, an old man who, in, in my mind, you still saw the fire, but it was yeah. clearly it was clearly flickering, and he knew it. And that came through, and it wasn't one of those things where he was, uh, you know, unaware of it. He he knew what was going on. He knew that he was coming down to, um, kind of his 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 later years, and uh, in, you know, literally, and also just in ability to perform his job. Um, 
And so, again, there's a little contrast there with what he used to be, what he's trying to be, and what he knows he's going to become. Right. And what he's still, what he's still capable of doing in moments of clarity or in moments of strength or in moments of pressure. Right. And, yeah, I mean, th- this, this was just really... I mean, we've been saying all season how it's been great stuff with Heller. And, you know, it carried all the way through. He was just, in the end, he was... A straight shooter, and Heller always was a straight shooter. But now he he became a hopeful straight shooter in his, you know, in the last day of his life, and I guess in the years preceding that. And you know, we've mentioned his sickness, and I I really liked how they rooted so much of his decision uh, for this episode in his disease and recognition that his disease was going to get him. It made a lot of sense from a character perspective, and it justified the decision. That, I would have had reservations if they didn't uh, at least bring the old-timers into Heller's mindset and make his choice to give himself up somewhat of a reaction to Margot's demands, because that was Heller obviously doing something noble to save a bunch of people, uh, but at the same time doing something potentially rash not rash i was gonna i was gonna say self-preservation of his legacy you know uh and also maybe even rash i mean who's to say that some of this some of his decision wasn't impacted by the cloud the growing cloudiness of his mind i feel like audrey even brought that up to bedreau yeah you know he's not well we've been saying bedreau's name wrong most of the season it's bedreau not bordreau i say mark Uh, Unless I, I'm sure I've brought it up at some points, but yeah, I, I it, it, it's very similar sounding to me. I'll muck well, that yeah, up. Well, yeah, we just we just we just <laughs> put it we put in an extra R. But Mark is one syllable; it's quicker. It is, um, but yeah, I mean, just I mean, really powerful, and you know, I mean, the, the this episode had a very elegiac tone, which I thought was great, and you know, interestingly, I think this episode was reminiscent and even referential in a good way to the Chappelle episode, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, a, you know, Jack racing to save a character before the character would sort of give himself up. And now in while also of, escorting, while also escorting character. him and they play, I was going to get to that. They played the yeah. exact same music when Jack flew Heller up in the helicopter mm-hmm. as they did when Jack flew Chappelle up in 318. But, you know, I mean, the difference being this was a, demand by Chappelle, a demand by a terrorist that was ordered by the president in the case of Chappelle. Here, it was a demand by a terrorist, but it was something that was completely decided by, by the, the person president. whose life was requested, who happens yep. to be the president. And then, interestingly, this episode sort of morphed into something reminiscent of the Mason episode, yep. where it became about self-sacrifice uh, and... Uh, self-sacrifice maybe yeah. self-sacrifice in the name in the name of uh decline but really this was heller's last stand i swear they even had something resembling the mason music when jack and heller first got to wembley stadium i when i listened to it closer the second time i saw the episode and it it, it reminded me of shades of um shades more of the and i could be getting this wrong uh, because maybe that's what was going through my head as I listened to it, but it was more of the the Kim music, the kind of oh, Jack the, the and Kim, Jack, the Jack and Kim, yeah. the Jack Bauer theme. 
Right, which happened in the same episode as the Mason episode because that what's ha- that's what happens. He talks to Kim, that music comes on before Mason reveals yeah, that he's well, they, been hiding they've the plane. That, they've used that yeah. music several times, including including the Mason episode. Yeah. And and uh, it wasn't the music itself. It was it was a it was almost like a sound alike, or maybe it was the theme, but very 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 much kind of tweaked to sure. to to sound a little different. But there was definitely there were definitely um, tinglings of that in there, and and wow like how effective that is good good work by sean calorie as usual um by by the way i just want to say that i'm looking at robert cochran's uh writing credits of the show along with the episodes i named he also had a hand in the season one finale the season Hmm. two finale Hmm. the episode with the michelle jane saunders hostage swap uh the the, oh and he had the sole credit i remember this now on the season five finale Ah. So Robert Cochran, along with being one of my two favorite people on the planet for creating 24, also a really good writer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who would have it any other way? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and anyway, you know, and you know, interestingly, I think this episode was, you know, if the the tone of the Chappelle episode is something that's, you know, devastating. Mm-hmm. And, ha- and harrowing in a sense of de- uh, denouement because what happens is so horrible and the tone of the Mason episode is pretty much as uplifting of an episode as 24 ever got. This episode perfectly placed in the middle ground because this was, if not a forced sacrifice, a, you know, a compelled by external forces sacrifice. Yeah. But, uh, and- but because it was its choice. You know, yeah, because it was his choice, and also because this is the president of the United States doing this, and that was, that was a powerful, made it even more powerful. It's one thing for an agent to do it; it's another thing for a president to really do the best thing he could at that moment to save lives, to save his country in part, to save uh, someone another, else's country, a, another country, and just innocent people. And yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up is is the fact that. It's not just sacrificing yourself for your country. It's 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 for the benefit of someone else because yeah. you know what's going to happen is wrong. It doesn't matter whose people it is. It's going to be wrong. So you know that sure. that's even more kind of honorable in that sense. You were saying, and yeah, and just, and just standing there in the middle of an open field, ready to take whatever whatever comes. And I mean, th- this was a really really good episode. I mean, I have this as live another day's best episode. Oh, for sure, uh, without question, without question. You know, I'm not going to actually make this list, but this would, uh, I feel like this would get in my top, let's just say, 24 episodes of the series. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's, I mean, certainly there there are a, a slew of fantastic 24 episodes. If I ever had to make a list of the 24 best episodes out of the 200 to, or 202 or 201 best episodes <laughs> of the series... Um, I'm sure the short list would end up being somewhere around 50 to 55, and then, you know, eventually I'd whittle it down. And I, I feel like this one would be in there. Maybe we're talking about a recency bias. Uh, but, I mean, this was, this, this was the good, this was the good stuff. Uh, I also thought this was William Devane's best work for any single hour of the series. I agree. Maybe that's a bit obvious at this point, but, uh, you know, I felt that, I think I sent you a, a text somewhere between, I don't know, either the second and third or the third and fourth acts that this was Devane's best work. Once he had that scene with Audrey, he had that scene earlier with Jack. I loved how he called Jack's son, you know, and, you know, they even 
put in a few moments of levity with uh, with the approach, the line about Jack having a sur- Jack being being a uh, bad surgeon. Yep. Um, His reaction I, to the punch in the stairwell. Yeah, that, that Jesus, was Jesus, Jack. That that was good, and you know, I mean, just so so good. Um, there there so, was a sense so of good. of you know, so so again, you're right. The Mason episode was uplifting. Um, there was still an. It, this is probably just a personal thing that I've uh, that I've felt. But I felt that there was, you know, as uplifting as it was and as, you know, self-sacrifice and, and, and doing the right thing and, and telling Jack to soldier on. In his final moments, the, the um, I guess, the strain of landing that plane uh, coupled with his condition, coupled with, I'm sure, a little bit of a, a little bit or a lot of fear in understanding what he's about to do is, you know, there's a look on Mason's face of, all right, this is it. Oh, it's you know, I, I, I got to get this right. And like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And, you know, well, that's, that's your interpretation of, of, of the look, of course. Right. But like, you know, objectively, if you just look at a, sc- a screen capture of his face uh, on the surface, at least immediately, the immediate reaction is it, it looks like one of slight trepidation, determination, but trepidation. And with Heller from the exit of his office to the chopper ride to everything else was, was this kind was almost this determined like you know understanding of his fate and 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 very not to say that Mason was wasn't willing at all but i think for heller it was clearly plastered on his entire character the, the way that he carried himself uh throughout the entire uh scenes that 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 preceded the actual Wembley stadium incident and then like you said him just standing there the way he takes off his glasses the way he took off his hat and just kind of Stood there, hand in his pockets, like I'm ready. Yeah, Give me I mean, what you got. Give it to me. I've right. already made my choice, and and that was so, um, and and that's relevant to our what we're gonna talk about in a little bit. Um, but th- just that struck me a lot, it, among other things of this episode, obviously. But that yeah, there, that that's there, one there of the many a, there things that struck me. There was a lot that that really struck me about this episode. You know, you had, you know, it was also nice seeing the ripple effects of. Heller's choice felt in the episode. Sometimes a, sto- a storyline doesn't cause that to happen. But, you know, we had Audrey's reaction to it. Which oh, was, you know, oh, man. Devastating. O- ob- obviously an upset upset reaction. But I loved, you know, Bedreau. He was reticent to follow Heller, but Heller said, Do me this. This is the last thing I'm asking you. Yeah. And, you know, Bedreau took that to such heart. And he had a, he had a great scene with Audrey when he said, Look, He was so good this episode, fa- too. Yeah. Uh, so good. I mean, really, this was probably my favorite stuff they did with Boudreaux in, in this episode. But when he said, look, I'm following your father's order here. I'm honoring your father and yep. I'm willing to accept whatever comes as a result of this. And he, you know, stands by it. Like, and, this is the greatest know, even, man I've known. I'm right. going to respect his wishes. Even though he used the past tense before Heller was actually dead. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you had that. You had... Um, so really, the Boudreaux Audrey scene. I also thought it was a great, two great little moments with Margot. Uh, by the way, again, favorite stuff they did with Margot because it wasn't anything about her family in this episode, which you must have appreciated. Uh, and Margot, <laughs> you know, had the line where she said, "No, I'm going to honor this agreement. Let yeah. the world see a terrorist kept her word, or right, to accomplish my goal." You know, and then she had that great moment where she hesitated before pulling the trigger and whether she was, you know, had second thoughts about it, maybe. I took it more as, you know, she was just 
this is the big one. Recognizing the magnitude of yeah. the moment and taking it all in. And she said, oh, wow, I'm about to do it. Yep. Here. That's how I, I took it, it as well. I, I, I just did it. And that was, uh, again, a really, <laughs> just real, really good stuff. And, uh, you know, Heller also made sure that he gave Jack a pardon. Yeah, that, that, that kind of punched me in the face. That when, felt when, nice. Yeah. That yeah, felt it, nice. And, and earlier in the episode, Heller had that, I, I, I thought, before he even knew what the episode was going to be about, when Jack saw him, I guess it was in one of the first couple scenes, yeah. and uh, Jack apologized, and Heller said very casually, it's like, it's like do, don't you apologize, to, yeah. you're the only one who's gotten close to her. Yeah. And that was a very <laughs> pragmatic and accurate thing for Heller to say. It's the way he would view the situation. Uh, it was also... You know, it it was reminiscent of how he was dealing with CTU in seasons four, uh, season four episodes, you know, six through eight, when they were dealing with the whole override yep. uh, threat. And you know, also that's something you don't usually see, where someone gives credit to Jack and recognizes, hey, you know, you're doing the best you can, and your best is still better than anyone like, else's best. Shit's going to hell, but what are you going to do about it? At least you're trying. You know, right? And I, I thought <laughs> not you know, Mason. <laughs> Your best isn't good enough, is it now? No, uh, well, Mason. Mason was—he's a splendid man. Um, <laughs> you know, let let's be honest. If Mason didn't get radiation poisoning on day two and was still alive on day nine, you know, sixteen or so years later, he'd still be an asshole. Oh yeah. Well, let let's just be clear about that. Um, yeah. But, I don't think his son would have that money yet. I don't think his son, his son would have, have the money. I don't think a, a, a lot of things might have not have been made right if it weren't for <laughs> George Mason's uh, sacrifice and George Ma- the ex- George Mason's exposure to a deadly to plutonium. Uh, to, to deadly plutonium. So uh, <laughs> that you know, look, Syed Ali in in the, in the grand scheme of things brought good to twenty four. Sure, um, okay, sure. <laughs> I don't think that was his goal. Of course, of course. Um, but again. In the grand scheme of things, he brought good. What did Cherry Palmer ever bring? This is what I ask you. Death and destruction. What did the Cherry Palmer ever bring? And chaos. So, anyway, we're um, back back to uh, Heller giving Jack the pardon. You know, that was was a nice moment of Heller thanking Jack, in a sense, for giving Jack. You know, back to Heller being something of a father figure to Jack. I think we, we mentioned this maybe even a couple of minutes ago, but... I liked Heller referring to Jack as son. Yep. I thought that was a nice, very subtle callback to their relationship and Jack saying in the season six finale, you know, I looked at you as something of a father. Yeah, and and, and I know, uh, you know, some folks may, may say that son is not that uncommon of a term, but, you know, if, if, you, if you look at how, if you look at the context of their past, their relationship that that's where it bears meaning. It means different things in different contexts. I believe he called Marcos. I believe Jack said "son" to uh, Marcos in season eight, or some similar situation where he was trying he to said it, coax. I believe he said it to Alex Hewitt in season two. Okay, right, where he's trying but to. But I'm sure coax he also said it, you know, and comfort a, a younger person. Yeah, and and that's a different context. But in this one, because you know what's been going on with. You know, with Heller and Jack, or, well, I would hope so. I hope you're not watching this season and skipping ahead. Um, but you uh, know well, what's you been know, going we, on. We actually have some people who are doing that, ah, who have not mm. who have not really seen any um, any 24 prior to this. Turn this off, go back, and watch. You are missing some of the greatest television. 
the, yeah, and getting that, it spoiled. The, they, they are, but, you know, I mean, I think that's, um, you know, that's well, that's fine. If you're watching this and you're enjoying it, great. More power as, to you. As Heller did, you, you, you are free to make this choice. Yeah, more To more listen power and to get you. spoiled, but that's fine. Um, so one thing that this episode did not have uh, was a uh, silent clock, mm. which, um, you know, we, you know, after what was an intense, riveting hour of TV and a final act where everyone in, in my house was silent and cringing. Um, Al you know, texted me, so no silent clock, huh? Right. This, well, this was a day the, later, of course, because he had watched it later, but I right. thought it was funny. This episode, this episode ended with, you know, the, the rocket being shot, the cut back to, to Margo, and then... The um and then doo -doo, doo -doo, yeah the closing the second clock. It, it, second it ended I think three people exclaimed in unison <laughs> no silent <laughs> clock <laughs> all right I, I and, yeah and you know I mean I, I some people I'm sure even speculating whether Heller's dead or not there's a second parachute you know which well no one's gonna really know that reference <laughs> but what you know some people were you know wondering whether Heller's dead or not and you know, I think you would even text me, oh, are we in for a, you know, a Tony That was kind of a snarky, here? cynical, whatever. I, right. I, you know, I don't really believe that they would, they would feel like, oh, it was actually a mannequin. Right. Switch that so, to the last second, which would be really stupid. Sure. So let's, let, let's discuss the silent clock for a second. Uh, you know, first off, I don't think um, at all that Heller is still alive. I no. understand why no. the any audience member might think it considering the show's history uh, with the silent clock and the fans' reverence for the silent clock. So I do get it. Yeah. I, I, there, there's no way he's alive. Um, and I, despite... This is, this is something I say begrudgingly just because I'm the type of person who believes that it is a sign of respect for, you know, for he who has died or, or whatever, with the exception of the Renee getting buried. Um, but, you know, I do see a legitimate scenario where this death not being accompanied by a silent clock makes some sort of sense. Now, I don't know if you wanted to discuss something or, or, or whatever oh, I, before I got I, into it, but... I complete, I completely agree, because I think as much as any number of deaths might warrant a silent clock, and as much as, as much as I like the silent clock and feel that James Heller was deserving of one, sometimes you have to consider what the director is going for. And I felt that this was a moment that was supposed to be shocking and a big twist and something that needed an exclamation point to it. And, you know, keep in mind that Heller was shot, a bomb's going off, and then the episode cuts back to Margot's reaction. So clearly, the, even the, the choice of, sh of shots said, okay, we're going for the big holy fuck ending and not the harrowing mournful somber you know dark tone that the silent clock usually accompanies yeah and uh, you know I, that's really all i i thought i mean i noted there wasn't a silent clock uh and perhaps maybe they'll do a silent clock and at the first act break of the next episode who knows but you know i don't i understood directorially meaning tonally why they wouldn't do a silent clock here and I think there's all there's also a lot of precedent for characters, you know, worthy of a silent clock who died in shocking ways right before a commercial break or episode end that did not get a silent clock. And 
in each of those cases, they were, they were going for big moment, big impact, big exclamation point to end it. And obviously, silence is not an exclamation. Right. The silence can speak volumes, but it's not an exclamation. So, again, there, there's precedent for it. You know, uh, Michelle did not get a silent clock when the car bomb went off in 5-1. Larry Palmer. Moss, Larry, well, Palmer didn't die anywhere near a commercial break. Oh, right. And the episode, at no point did they decide to cut to a commercial break with a David Palmer is dead and then do a silent clock. Right. Which they, they could have, I'm sure, found a way to do that or uh, say in, in that same episode, Palmer and Michelle have died. But so Michelle got it, did not get it in 5-2 and Michelle obviously would have been worthy. Uh, Milo did not get it in 621 and Milo was killed right before a commercial break because Zhao shoots him, Milo falls, cut right to commercial really fast and Larry Moss didn't get it when, when Tony guided Larry, in, yeah. guided a dying Larry into death anyway. And Helped him ease his, uh, his situation. Do you, do you not see it that way? Just, uh, I do and I don't. I mean, I, 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 I think it's a legitimate standpoint, but I also think it's, it, it, it's easier for a Tony fan to think that than the other <laughs> alternative. Uh, but, you know, that, that's what I happened here, what, what I saw here. Um, and, and again, I think you have to, any, anyone can read it however they want, of course. Uh, but th- this was not the first time the show ever did it. Right. Uh, this was not a case of the show being coy, you know, Whereas, let's go with the, the classic example of a silent clock that every, you know, there was the biggest fan controversy. Maybe the biggest fan controversy of anything on the show was when Tony was killed or not by Christopher Henderson. And they did not give Tony a silent clock in 513. And that end, episode ended in the most mournful and dark and, you know, warrant, you know, deserving of a silent clock as any episode. Yeah. And they didn't do it, you know, leading certain fans to think, oh, is this a cliffhanger? Leading the writers to say, to say, oh, we just fucked up here. Uh, right, I remember that, you yeah. know. Which, you know, either was them acknowledging that they fucked up, or it was the writers, uh, say, you know, b- you know, having some plan and then doing their very best to try to cover it. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. I'm still bitter at the zombie Tony, but... You know, season seven was worth it, so I'll let it be. Um, uh, on on you know, this, I mean, that was no. Let, let, let's we we need not go into to that yeah, topic. But that's that's a day of discussion. But on the for me, this lack of a silent clock, while it was jarring at first, you know, in taking a step and thinking about it, you know, going back to what I said about how I took his demeanor to be uh, in, in the closing moments, I'm ready for it. Give it to me. Give me all you got. Like you don't scare me. I know what the, I know what's coming, and I know I'm doing the right thing. And you'll need to help me here because your memory is is that of a Xerox machine and mine's of a, a, a goldfish. But you couldn't come up with a better metaphor than Xerox machine. Just say. No, that's fine. It's it, you, you, you. It's photographic. Um, Just say. Is there ever been a silent clock for a character who has died by? Cho- has there been a character who has died by choice in this type of manner? Uh, that has gotten a silent clock. That might be a little too narrow of a combination of things, but that's, um, what, that's what goes through my mind when I think of it. President about this. Hassan was willing to give himself up and ultimately did get a silent clock. 
Yeah. Uh, Mason's silent clock preceded anything having to do with his sacrifice. Right. Um, you know, again, uh, Chappelle eventually accepted the situation. <laughs> that well, was, yeah. That he was going to be killed. So those are those are the examples. Uh, you know, the other silent clocks. You had the two that went to Jack in six twenty four and redemption. You had the two that went to Renee. You had the Palmer heartbeat clock in 224. You had the Terry Bauer one. Uh, I guess Bill Buchanan, you know, mm-hmm. he, he made a, he made a sacrifice. So okay. there have been many sacrifices. Yeah, Bill Buchanan is, is now that's that I, the, that's the strongest one. That, that's right. the strongest that, one. Um, Bill Buchanan was my man. <laughs> um, but I, I guess where I was going with that is, and, and, you know, there is precedent for that. So that, that doesn't mean that, like, oh, this is the first time it's ever done it and this means something. But, um, just kind of the, um, I'm I'm never going to call this a positive thing that he got, you know, hit by a freaking missile. But again, just the the lead up to the, his demeanor and and what it meant to him and what it means for the lives that he has just saved. Um, in addition to what you already said about the di- directorial intent, the shocking nature of it to have this loud, punctuating clock, because that's what it is, which is why it's my ringtone. Um, it, it's less of a downer in the sense that this is a death that has happened, um, because things are looking bleak and almost hopeless. It certainly is a sad thing, but it is also kind of a, a, a great thing that he has done, you know? Absolutely. It, 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 you know, again, similar to the Bill Buchanan one, which, you know, again, did get a sign clock. So, you know, I understand that there's a little discrepancy there, but you know, it's similar to that where it's it, it's by choice. It is a great thing. He has helped out a lot of people by choice, you know, um, and and it and it fits the 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 mood going into his final seconds. You know, both in terms of the heroic nature of it, the almost positive, almost positive nature of it, and like you said, from its directorial standpoint, the shocking nature of it. So, you know, I yeah, don't I mean- in my heart of hearts. It still makes me uneasy, but I get why it's that way, and I think it's ultimately the right call, as much as it pains me to say it. Yeah, I think I think sometimes that you know you do a silent clock, a non-silent clock, so a regular clock to say the clock goes on, the job continues. You know, yep. my favorite obvious usage of that was at the end of season, season three. three. Yep. You know, uh, where you know Jack breaks down crying and he drives away, and that clock ticks and I don't think the volume of the clock was any louder than but it felt that it way feels or at, yeah or at the end of season seven let's say you know I'm sorry daddy but I'm just not ready to let you go uh you know and that clock ticked louder than ever when when Kim said that for me it just felt louder it's not that again right. it's not that this, act, this it one too was louder this one too because you're and, and and I think it had I been in the room with you and and our other friends watching it it would have been all the more louder just because of the scene that you described to me uh, offline. You know, cringe. Actually, I think you might have spoken about it a few minutes ago. People were sinking back into their couch. They were cringing a little bit. They were oh, yeah, watching this unfold. Oh yeah, it was just silence, and everybody was kind of looking at one another. And I mean, it was. Uh... And then boom, tick tock, tick tock. It, it, it's louder than ever before. Um, right. I mean, I I think I think I think it was. I, I don't I don't need to get into whether it was the right call or the wrong call. Um, but it was certainly a call that I liked and understood, and in an episode that was marvel- marvelously directed by Mr. John Cassar. Uh, it was a Cassar episode, a Cassar-directed, Cochran-written. 
What a combo. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, certainly it's a, a combo that I'm sure has happened many a time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good stuff by Kassar, knowing, knowing the emotional moments, knowing, yeah, I mean, just knowing it all. Yeah. So that, that's, that's really all I have to say. Uh, Silent Clock, I had one or two uh, friends asking me uh, about it during the week. You had friends asking you about it. So uh, definitely something that was worth uh, discussing here. It was definitely, Silent Clock or no, it was definitely devastating, you know, was, positive was, or negative. It, yeah, it really was devastating. Now, where would you um, put this with other devastating moments and, and or episodes in 24 history? I, I still... So it doesn't I still, have to be, a, we're not trying to rank it. Just, sure. You know. I, I, I still think that um, from, from a devastating perspective and just a... To, to use uh, sports writer Bill Simmons' turn, a gut punch moment. The Chappelle episode is, you know, such a gut punch. Is the king of that? Well, it's that. also the. It's actually Bill Simmons. Um, it was the. Uh, if you look at Bill Simmons' levels of losing column, which uh, is my favorite column, is you know he has the thing where it's the guillotine and the gut punch, but the only thing that's worse is the guillotine plus the gut punch. <laughs> Okay, and that the Chappelle episode really is the guillotine, the guillotine plus, plus, the, yeah. plus the gut punch. Yes, that was. I mean, that was a devastating episode all the way. Even Chappelle's, you know, monologue at the end to Jack. I mean, that's you know, that sold it even more. Yeah, it, it, and it was, it, and I think that for, it it doesn't change the 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 harshness or the severity of the act that has just happened. But you know, again. The, the the whole spiel that I just made about the the tone and the 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 willingness of Heller um, brings it a, a slight notch uh, less devastating I think just because of the the um, the grimness of Chappelle's situation but this is definitely up there this is definitely one that while I actually didn't it's a twist by by any definition of the word twist. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't as twisty or as, oh my god, I can't believe they did that to me because I fully expect that they would do something like this. And I actually fully expect Well, certainly, certainly by now. I mean, like, I mean, by the, now the and, 24 yeah. is no, I don't think 24 has any new tricks to play, and that's right. fine. I think it just, what, what's impressive is how they can keep playing some of the same old tricks and it still hits and or surprises. Because they the execute audience. so well on the human right. element of what's surrounding all that stuff. Right. And it makes and you. Execution will always be more important. Yeah. Uh, than than shock and surprise. Yeah, but it, I think I think perhaps what what lent to the devastation of this episode um, was the uh, was the physical um, I guess the the physical aspect of it, where uh, quite literally, how does he die? He is He's he, he is blown <laughs> up by this powerful, impactful missile direct hit. And the sound is so loud, and and I mean this figuratively because all explosions are at a certain level on TV. But it 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 just rings so loud when it happens. And again, even though I knew this was happening, even though I expected it to have happened three episodes ago, and even though I was anticipating this happening, the just like when that loud trigger pull and bang of Chappelle's last seconds sure. when Jack pulls a trigger, the the the. the boom of this explosion and the 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 sheer force of the middle of a football stadium uh, to americans it's soccer 
of uh, of this football stadium just pieces flying everywhere of of turf it was a very visceral scene and sure and and a british landmark by the way uh Wembley stadium uh, so as well significant as, of a as place. well as the site of arguably the greatest wrestling match ever made bret hart versus the british bulldog at SummerSlam 1992 just <laughs> just, just saying uh you know when, when they mentioned Wembley stadium that was you know the first thing that i i, I thought of uh if you're not a wrestling fan at all uh Hello. If you, or if you appreciate any bit of wrestling, if you're ever going to watch a match that's on the very short list, it might be, uh, might, might be number one. And it also an influential wrestling match. That's just my spiel there. But <laughs> <laughs> trust me, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog, that match, YouTube it, go buy a Bret Hart, best of Bret Hart DVD or something. Um, and then think about James Heller when you watch it. Yeah. Other devastating moments. I, I mean, the uh, there are a uh, lot of them. I mean, there, there's you, no you shortage. Talk, you talk of, about um, Palmer, the the Palmer into Michelle into sort of Tony. Um, well, the pa- the Palmer one was just that one was a- absolutely brutal. just dev- devastating, uh, profound, shocking to the point where I I almost felt nauseous in a good way. Um, right. Well, not I didn't feel good, but th- it's good that the episode was able. It to was make the effect intended. Nauseous. Um, you know, I think we all know my take on. Yep. on the Michelle thing by now. Uh, that sucks. That was stupid. That was unnecessary there. So if you didn't know my take, you just got it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and that that's kind of what takes that down a notch from the Chappelle moment, just because after you take a minute and think about it, you know, for some folks like, like yourself, it's just like, well, wait a minute. This was completely like, this was a boneheaded move. Whereas at least for Chappelle, you know, Stephen Saunders is one of the cleverest villains Good. on this show. And, and and just the way that that unfolded, you know. But still, the shock of Palmer, and then the the, yeah, the Palmer not one's letting all, the you Palmer recover. The Palmer one's almost more shocking than it is devastating, and it's pretty damn devastating. But I think it's it's more shocking than that. I think it's 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 really for me. It's the combination of that happens, and before you get a chance to recover, two characters, you're like, yeah, they're back. Get blown up and one of them is gone and then you move right on to the next scene where the reality settles in of you know uh, of david palmer lying on the floor covered up and you see his big hand just kind of do you actually not see that up. i think you don't see that until episode two actually when is jack it? goes to see him but it, i mean it's still cat palmer's death cast a shadow you might be right. and was felt all the way through that entire season which is why it was such a a brilliant move but yeah that was devastating uh i think the last act of season six is quite devastating uh with jack seeing audrey and then jack just staring out into the ocean uh, you know that that was really up there in terms of devastation for me uh a lot of people will t- tell you edgar some some will tell you president hassan and Bill buchanan terry bauer obviously any of these uh silent clocks tony dying or every single dying. major death and 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 half major because i don't know it depends on where you put Edgar on the spectrum, but still, you know, as as a quasi innocent, that was that was a very sad one. Uh, yeah, com- completely. And um, another one that you know Audrey Rains probably remembers and caused her to slap Jack just like she slapped Mark Bordeaux was Paul, Paul Rains. In, that that I mean that was as devastating of a scene as they did. You know, no, not just the death, but the way in which she railed against Jack for. You know, oh, unfortunately, doing the what what was what ended up being the right thing in all con- in the context of the show, you know, but just her her pain and her 
especially in the context against the fact that, like, she was seeing him, and this was her ex. But then, you know, there's this whole tension of, you know, is she going to get back together with him? You know, what's going on? Who's she seeing now? Then he's gone. And and her tears and, and anger and fire and, and he just standing there and taking it. And and you tell me, to. I can't remember, was he looking at her or was he just kind of glancing off to the side because he just couldn't take it? And, I, and, think it I think it was one and then the other. Yeah. Um, I, I think by the time she got to him to slap him, he was already looking away. But when she first came to, I hate you, I hate you, he was looking at her. Then he just turned away and then she's slapping him and he just kept his eyes down pointed to his lap like ashamed and and then yeah. you 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 capped that off Best a few episodes later an acted scene ever Ugh. then that... you capped that off later with when audrey finds out he dies which is not true but you know she thinks he's dead that was yeah, that was and she just drops the, the folder devastating for the character um the audience obviously knew what was going on well, well yeah but like the the empathy that that i at least felt you know just watching her crumble you know, she gets the short. This is something that Melanie brought up as she was watching this episode. She gets the short end of the stick a lot. Well, of course. I mean, it's it's almost you know to this to the point where wow, every time Jack Bauer shows up for Audrey, it it ends up not working out so yeah. well for Audrey at all. Um, she lost her ex husband. Then she loses the guy that she loves, even though she's mad at him. Right. Um, her father almost died in season. Her father five. almost died. She almost died with her father at the same time. Uh, right. Then she gets captured and tortured, and then all she can say is Bloomfield. And then she's a, a a vegetable for a while. And then the person who saves her and marries her hides this plot along with the person that she used to love, and and, and they both dislike oh, each when other. She found, when she found that out, that was good too. Oh, um, you know, I just now that we without a word, Heller, without a word, right? Too. Now that we mentioned Heller, almost that was a re yeah, that was a really good scene for Kim Raver as usual. Um, now that we mentioned Heller almost dying in in five nineteen, you know, Heller actually does have a history of being willing to sacrifice himself. Yeah, uh, you know, he was gonna gas himself with Audrey in season four. He wasn't gonna be used as a pawn in season five, and here he chose to sacrifice himself to save save others. Uh, and that's what led me to make the conclusion last time that I that I was pretty sure that this was what he was going to do. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean, look, there were a lot of other devastating moments in twenty four. You know, Gael dying. Uh, w w it was a scene that I, I always liked. I think not for Dana Walsh, but for Jack Bauer, that scene where Jack kills Dana Walsh and just the hollowness in Kiefer's voice in, in Kiefer's line reading of when nothing. she says, "What what can I do for you?" and he says, "Nothing." And he says nothing. It again. That was devastating. Heller telling Jack that he's cursed and um, and everything he touches winds up dead in six twenty was a devastating one. Jack breaking down, crying in three twenty four. Yeah, that that was great. Um, you know, uh, what else w would I go with? Is devastating. Curtis dying and Jack vomiting. A Did you after mention it. Renee? Well, I, I was waiting. I was waiting okay. to get to, to that. Um, that for me. Was well, the, the, before the you most go on, Curtis dying, Jack vomiting, and then the bomb going off. Right, and then the bomb going. Well, the bomb going off was, more, you know, almost just more crazy than anything. You know, then you have some other scenes that don't have a death, so to speak, that they're, but they're so devastating. Like we mentioned, six twenty four, uh, with Jack saying goodbye to Audrey. Um, you know, here's another one. That scene when Tony finds out Michelle is dead in season five, episode eleven. And he just sees that picture on the computer screen and, and like Tony's face just melts and kind of like everything just turns inward. And 
he's looks so sullen Miserable inside of one ends. second. I mean that that's you know, he's just a puddle of despair. Um, within a half a second, that was one of uh, Carlos Bernard's best scenes. Another of Carlos Bernard's best scenes uh, would have been when he con- when Tony confronts Alan Wilson. Seven twenty four. Right, we learned that Michelle that. was pregnant. That was a devastating scene. Oh. And then Jack and Re- Jack and Renee interrupt him from killing Alan Wilson, which I'm still not pleased about. Uh, <laughs> honestly, let um, and we'll you know what? I'm going to table this question for a second. Uh, and then, you know, we do have um, the Renee Walker death, which for me, that was the one that hit the hardest. Not the death itself, just that was the last time in the original series that the show happened to be devastating. But I felt that, oh, my God, they did it to him. They did it to the audience again. It was so heartbreaking and cruel. And the fact that it came one episode after the Hassan death. Oh. And, and the way it also re- recalled... Uh, some previous moments like Terry Terry's dying and, Tony, and Tony dying, you know, that was just like, and how that, you know, you knew the show was ending. So that took away the show's chance of a happy ending. It took away the show's chance at a, at a silver lining. Uh, and, and it's like they took it away from Jack and the audience all over again. And that to me was still the most devastating moment. I, I was just beside myself for so long after that that episode, I don't think I said anything coherent for like seventeen minutes. It was all- after that, and and again when I watched it, when I watched it the second time, I had almost the same stuttering reaction. It's, um, it, it, I think, and I'm not saying that this is what makes it even more devastating, but for me, I I also just think about the 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 almost innocuous. Uh, occurrences that led to that. It's it's just because she gave Pavel a glance, and Pavel happens to recognize her, and it's just one of those chance things. It's not like with with when Terry catches Nina doing some shady shit. You know, you, you caught she caught you. She's going to do something to you. It's not when Stephen Saunders is like, "Yo, get rid of Chappelle. He is looking into my shit." This was just like, can we not talk about Renee dying anymore? <laughs> Please, I want to think about something happy. I'm thinking about the Day Chanel sisters. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about having a meal. You said with devastating the Day- moments. I'm thinking about having a meal with the Day Chanel sisters where we're eating sea urchin. That's not devastating. That's I know. I want to think about something happier. But along with being devastating, this this was um, this was a, this was a huge twist. You know, about I guess exactly two thirds into the season. Um, and we've seen other late season big twists. Um, that you I know, think this is on pace. If you, you if know, you go by proportion, right. this is definitely on pace. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We've been talking. Will we see a truncated twenty-four season, or will we see something of a twelve-episode story? And I think we're getting a twelve-episode story. But you know, they, this was all. Yeah. Oh, it's a truncated season where they just throw in that big moment. Whether it's something like Air Force One going down in season four, Logan being revealed to be uh, the person complicit within the administration in season five. Um, season seven, the big thing with, oh man, Tony just guided Larry into that. Oh, that was a devastating moment, by well, the way. Um, devastating, Tony, but also kind of colored by confusion. Yeah, but that w- that was a big, oh wow, we just switched gears. What's going to happen? What the fuck is happening? What, what happens now? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, you know, Renee dying uh, is another one where the, you know, or even, yeah, I would say Renee, actually Hassan dying. Turned this, said, "Oh, where are they? Where are they going to go with this story now?" 
and then Rene dying turned it in in on itself uh, again. <laughs> so, you know, that was, uh, <laughs> you know, that was a really, um, th- those were some of the big ones. And I think this was certainly uh, at, the, at the level uh, of of them. I mean, look, no question. The president of the United States sacrificed himself and was killed while being a president. Um, you know, and now yes, it, yeah. depending on how you in, how how one wants to interpret being a president, given that he resigned technically at the moment of impact. Uh, but yes, I, I'm going to still say yes, he gave himself up while president. I mean, cer- certainly as a figurehead, he's still the figurehead, and for the audience, yes. Um, and I think technically he did die at 6.59, 55 or so, yeah. maybe 6.59, 51, uh, whatever it is. Um, so he was still the president when he was, um, when he was killed and, you know, the show finally went there, you know, it went all, all the way, you know, when they didn't exactly kill Keeler in season four or they, you know, waited until, uh, Palmer was no longer president to kill him, you know. They yep. did it. They did it right here. But again, it was all about Heller's sacrifice. And now, I mean, this, along with it being such a powerful episode, this was, I mean, this was a huge moment that, I mean, this is going to change everything going forward, right? Oh, it's got to. By the way, did you say Air Force One going down in that list of devastating moments? I think you I did. did. I just, okay, no, not just... in devastating moments. Oh, okay. I, I said it in, in big twist, but that was, a, again, a, that devastating, was a, of... a devastating moment, killing uh, one of 24's the best sons. fathers. Yes, one of what, killing uh, Kevin Keeler was that his name? Yes, maybe I think so. I, I believe it was Kevin Keeler. Yes, it was. Why did Why did we even doubt it? <laughs> I just I just checked it out on Twenty Four with you. Um, and so Kevin Keeler, he's dead. Uh, James Heller, he's dead. Uh, I'm more upset that James Heller's dead. Sure, absolutely. Um, so really. Uh, I mean, this this change this changes everything. Margot has succeeded. All right. Now you know we have this whole budding uh, rebellion that it looks like we're go- going to see it where Margot wants to on- wants to honor this, and Ian see- wants to go another way. And maybe Margot's just going to kill him. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know that's going to be kind of interesting. We have do they bring the vice president into the story? Uh, do you know, wh- where else does this go? Okay, Jack's got his pardon, so now Jack can do what he wants, but, uh, you know, they didn't deal with the Russians this past week. Do the Russians come back into the fray? Does Bedreau now try to completely screw Jack over? Uh, does the part, does the rendition order hold up anymore now that Heller's gone and now that they also would have a pardon that was signed several hours later, which I would yep. guess would, would reveal two different signatures? Uh, oh, we have the right. whole, yeah, we have the whole, uh, China, uh, Nav- Navarro, Navarro, Adrian Cross, China thing. Uh, Jordan, you know, who knows what's up, but is he going to survive? Right. Yeah. What? Or you know, does Kate just eventually figure it out? Uh, and you know, the Jordan stuff this week was good too. Yeah, I'm glad he. I, I'm glad he was wise to everything. I, I had the feeling when he called Navarro well, that than, he was. Yeah, he was. He wasn't wise to the. No, not in the beginning. But trip. once it happened, no, your safety's on. He wasn't wise to well, that trick. Well, yeah, but I meant. I meant at the very least, like when he called Navarro, it wasn't to be like help. It's more like this motherfucker is up to something. I'm gonna tell him where I am, but I don't trust him, and like I'm gonna figure this out. Um, 
it, it, I think I, an aside, I had texted you, are they going to do three simultaneous deaths, which, you know, was less of a legitimate question and more of a, like a, a reaction to the montage. But they, they showed Heller standing there with Simone uh, being worked on in her, on her gurney um, mm-hmm. when she was in critical condition and, and Jordan just lying there with what I'm assuming is a puncture wound to his lung based on how he was breathing. And all well, three of them... he was bleeding out very heavily. Yeah, and all, well, I, I wasn't sure if that was his blood or if that was uh, the thug's blood because the thug just eh, landed right way. next to him. But it could be both. But, you know, just the three of them on the screen there, that's when I was like... Are they just going to kill three people off at the same time? Um, not a serious question, though, but just something interesting, I thought, with the way that it was all set up. But Not um, something not something the show wouldn't, you know... Consider. Yeah, I mean, look, they'll, they, they do a lot of things. So, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, there are a lot of... I mean, I, I would sort of guess that, you know, the story pivots off of Margot into the whole international incident, Russia, China, Jack cross navarro thing and you know now we're gonna see if the show can really deliver on this whole thing uh with Boudreaux signing the rendition rendition order or if that ends up kind of bringing down the quality of of this season uh you know i mean i've 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 had some reservations about this one so we'll, we'll see where they go and we'll see if they can pay off whatever is going on with navarro and they can make that one interesting and logical you know, we have Chloe's, you know, internal conflict uh, between helping Jack and her newfound ideology and, and where we go with that. You know, again, the, the fallout, you know, ha- with the U.S. Uh, president dying. Now, what does uh, Prime Minister Davies do? You know, so, so now, I mean, it's almost like the story was, you know, a, a tree growing and that was, you know, a thick, taut story where everything was kind of tied together. And now we're seeing it's going to branch off in many directions. And, and hopefully that, ho- hopefully it's, it's great. And then we also have the time jump that still has not happened. Yeah. I, once, once he said, um, I gave you a pardon, you can go home now. I started thinking about that being the potential... I, we had you and I had both speculated, and I believe on this podcast before about like maybe it's going to be him going to the U.S. Um, but among that's the would jokes only be of, six hours, right? But part I'm saying that part of that jump could be could encompass that. Sure, I, I, absolutely, and and you know they can do interesting things. You know maybe maybe they do some crazy episode which has a bunch of 15 minute vignettes. You know maybe they do. Okay, he winds up back in Washington, and then spends five more hours and gets to Los Angeles or something. Um, or maybe he spends two and a half hours getting to Los Angeles because he's on the uh, Hamri al-Assad wormhole route. Yeah. But that was, uh, that, that, that's what I was going to say. It's six hours for us in New York. To get to LA? To get to, to get to London. Yeah. So then you so then you add the three I hours pres- for the West Coast. It would be a nine-hour jump at least. No, it, it would no, it would actually be more uh, because – There you go. It, it, right, because it's about five or six for us to get to – LA. Um, I think you're let's right. Let's just do it. Let's just do a quick Google flight time, London. Dave's using the internet to Los Angeles. Um, ten and between ten and eleven hours. There you go. That's, that's um, close. So you know who knows? Now we know that Kim. You know, if Jack goes to see Kim and her two children and her, you know, uh, her husband, um, the vampire. <laughs> uh, well, he's on that um, vampire diary show. Oh, great. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So if if Jack goes to see them, you know, but do they live in L.A.? Because, you know, at the end of season eight, they kind of said, 
they kind of implied, oh, Kim might have to be protected. Uh, so, yeah. you know, that, that's a, that's Alaska. a possibility. Um, you know, I, I guess I was just thinking the East Coast of the U.S. because the last two seasons were on the East Coast. Um, so, and does you know, China still want him? No. Do they, okay. I mean, oh, right. That's right. That's right. The, season six happened. Yeah, yeah, I keep forgetting that season it, six was a thing. It, Damn it. It, 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 was, it was a thing. It taught us the value of friendship with Dmitry Gurdenko and Abu <sighs> Fayyad. Um, it taught us the value of brotherhood between uh, Brady and Mark Hauser. It, it taught us to I, respect your there? elders and being grateful for the opportunity. It did. See? Uh, there, there are a lot of things season six does. It taught how to cut us, a kiwi. Yeah, it taught us how, to, how you can cut a kiwi and an artery with, with the same... Nice. You know, with the same instrument. Uh, Maybe the vice president's Martha Logan. <laughs> I know we know it's a he, so it's not her. But that would just be priceless. It's Martha <laughs> Logan after a sex change. Matthew you Logan. Know, th- th- see, that's what that's what the big mystery of Martha Logan is. When Olivia Taylor said to Aaron Pierce, "You know, are you okay with what happened with Martha Logan?" Martha Logan had a sex change and is now the vice Matthew president of the Logan. United States. Um, no, it would be Marty Logan. He Come looks on. like a cake. Dude, it would be Marty Logan. She was already called Marty. That's you gotta make why it more it masculine. works. Um, I, I think she probably went back to her maiden name at a certain point, by the way. Marty, Marty. Um, so, Marty Matthews. Yeah, so, I mean, if I had to guess, you know, we'll probably see the immediate fallout of this in episode nine, and then we'll start doing time jumps. Uh, and I like how they've made us wait for the, the time jump. Uh and, you know, really, they've just done a good job leading up to the time jump. That's what matters most. But, I, you know, that's been the big difference of this day versus the previous eight. So they're kind of making us wait and making us curious how they're going to do it. Uh, how, how, what percentage of the audience, bear in mi- bearing in mind that super fans such as ourselves and, and perhaps crazier fans than us, which I'm sure do exist, it, in reality probably make up a very small percentage of those who watch the show. How many how much how how much percentage of these people do you do you actually think are conscious of that the fact that there is going to be a time jump or even are thinking about the fact that hey guys this is actually only 12 episodes in a show that usually has 24 one for each hour are you even thinking about that i'm just curious like what do you think i I would guess it's a small percentage uh you know it's 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 hard to know Uh, most of the the fans that we discuss it with are either rabid enough or intelligent enough or informed enough because they discuss it with us yeah yeah. So, you know, they know it's 12, not 24, and they are aware that, okay, it's not a 12 episode. It's not a 12-hour story. It's still a 24-hour story. Uh, other people might not even be aware whether they're time jumping or not. They just watch it. You know, the, each episode's in real time. Maybe they don't even think about the real time yeah. uh, nature of the show. Um, you, know, sir, you know, they might not be doing the math. They might have just assumed there was a, a, a time jump. Uh, so I really don't know. Would you like to see an episode that does, does something really quirky? Like 15 minutes, you know, the following takes place between whatever, 10 and 10, 15. I I don't. The following takes place between, you know, uh, 12, 12, 15 and 1230. The following takes place between 330 and 345. The following takes place between, you know, 545 and six o'clock. You know? Yeah. I, I could see that working. The uh, Buffy slash Angel fan in me really wants to see that, because Buffy slash Angel did a did a lot of format differentiating episodes. Uh, the House fan in me wants to see that too. Mm. 
you know, House always had the, 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 that one episode a season where they completely broke with their format. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I think it if it's just, just be... a, if, if it's really just a matter of the clock, then who gives a shit? I mean, sure, they could do that. It, it depends. I mean, maybe it's Jack goes and visits the graves of all the people that he's lost. <laughs> or that he's offed um, <laughs> in cold blood. You know, I want a scene, I've always, and I don't expect the show ever to do it, especially this many years later. I've, I've always wanted a scene where you see Jack checking in on John Mason, um, you know, just to fulfill Mason's request from the Mason episode mm. that Jack check in on his son. But there are so many Easter egg things that they can do um, that they that would can be, do there. That would have been a, uh, th- that could be like depending on, well, depending on, on what Jack's disposition is at the end of a given season, you know, that could have been a nice or, and can still be a nice way to promote future events, you know, from a social media standpoint. Put, put you know, a five-minute vignette of him checking on John Mason on YouTube as like a, as like a, a piece of marketing for the next season, um, checking in on XYZ person or taking care of some miscellaneous business that was alluded to during a season during the mythos um, that wouldn't otherwise fit into the format of the show. That would be a cool thing just like for, for crazy people like myself to just like right. digest. I mean, that, that, I mean, Jack checking in on George John Mason is obviously more of a, a DVD set extra. Uh, but again, I mean, we're still waiting on, on, on the time jump because the time jumps, you know, like we said, 24 doesn't have any new tricks to play. That's fine. Um, and, you know, I mean, this is the ninth season and 200 plus episodes we're in, but this, along with it being 12 episodes, I guess, along with it being in London, uh, the time jump is really the thing that's going to distinguish this season, at least structurally. How many hours does it take to fly from London to St. Petersburg? In Russia? Yeah. Uh, one... <laughs> I think he could fly the other to, way. To St. Petersburg flight time. Maybe he meets up with the Americans. Seven to eight hours. Seven to eight hours. Okay. So that, that could be in the cards. You never know. I mean, yeah, who, who knows? And look, obviously, there's also the flight time. Remember, there's the airport time. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, you know, whatever. Oh, boy, the airport time. W- w- whatever. But what we, what we did see this week was the season's defining moment so far. And what a, what a defining moment it was. Oh. I talk about devastating. Uh, I, I watched Melanie as she watched this for the first time. This was my second time, and j- just red eyes, red yeah, eyes. As God. soon as the Heller Audrey scene, st- they they started welling up, and it just from there, it just was like like a constant, you know, no, no, they're not doing this. I can't believe it. No, 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 no. I can't believe they just did that. Devastation. Yeah. You know what I just realized? Hmm. Um, as you said that, James Heller was the first 24 president not to be mired in some type of scandal, scandal, controversy, uh, you know, dishonorable action. So big win for for the presidency of James Heller. Yeah, dishonorable action. No, a little bit of a scandal. I mean, it depends on how you define scandal. I mean, the, you know, uh, he's not hiding his illness so much as it's it's just gestating, and so. You know, there, there, there's some trouble there, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a like a negative thing. Like, I, no. I, I get your point, but it is still a little, little bit of a oh, there's a little drama here. There's a little bit of you know concealing information. Yeah, sure, but also monitoring a, a situation. Sure, and everything. Yeah, but 
uh, along with you know 24 presidents of yore, you know we have David Palmer who covered up a murder for the most selfish of reasons. <laughs> um, as noble of a president as he was before that, you know that is what primarily brought down the Palmer presidency. We have Keeler who was going to dishonor his uh, word and rip up Baruz's um, immunity agreement in season four, along with he was trying to steal the election from Palmer. Yep. Okay. We have Charles Logan. Moving on. Well, what, what did he do? <laughs> We're moving, moving on. We have Wayne Palmer, who we saw commit a burglary, cover up a murder. Uh, you know, he, he, did, he did some stuff, well, man. He, ha he had uh, scandal in his personal and work life before he was actually president. But did he... I'm, I'm trying to remember what he was actually, what scandal he was actually involved in as a president. Nothing really as a president. I mean, he did have what would most likely be an unpopular decision years later uh, with internment camps for uh, right. Arabic uh, Americans. So, you know, there's that. There's we have good old Taylor. Well, we missed Noah missed Daniels. Daniels. You missed Daniels, um, who just sucked as a president, became an alcoholic. We had Taylor, who was the most moral of presidents and... Sadly, she was brought down. And now we have James Heller, who, you know what? I mean, Squeaky we'll have clean. to have this discussion maybe at a future podcast because uh, we spoke about it briefly about favorite presidents or best presidents. But maybe we'll have to see where Heller's presidency uh, stands against the other presidents, having nothing to do with which character you like more. Sure. Uh, and, and everything. But for now, James Heller, we'll miss you. Uh Here's and my silent clock. We we can't wait to we can't wait to see what happens next. So uh, you know what? Um, you know we usually end this podcast uh, with a silent with a clock sound. When you do the editing, we'll give James Heller a silent clock. I told so, you this uh, is going to be my silent clock. Well, we, you'll do the you know you'll find some tech techie way to do it. So whatever happened here didn't happen. Austin, any words for us? Shut it down. You're okay, Dad. Apart from this being the worst day of my life, I'm doing great. I'm sorry. I, I gotta get back to work. Thanks for listening to 24 Cast Another Day. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet David at DeepSky24MDNA, that's the number 24, and Austin at Mr. Chupon, that's M-R-C-H-U-P-O-N. Or you can drop us a line at our podcast page at 24ladcast.tumblr.com. Again, that's 24ladcast.tumblr.com. Please keep them scoped to anything about the most recent episode to date and prior. No questions or comments about reported rumors or spoilers about future episodes, or even anything you saw in the promo for next week's episode. We really don't like spoilers. Thanks a lot.